This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude I noticed that you find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. So, I'm still having some challenges with the sound, but we are here now. Uh, we had an issue with it being too hot yesterday. I at least solved some of the hotness, but we are we have gremlins in our studio and they are not on our side. I want to <laughs> welcome everybody to the show today. Uh, our guest today is Trina uh, Martin, and uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. So one of the things that um, I wanted to start, I didn't yesterday mention, but but I wanted to, I meant to, but in preparing for the show, it just kind of slipped my mind. Uh, we didn't talk about the shooting in, um, I think it was Texas, the, um, the, the shooting at uh, Federal Express. Oh, that, that was, was in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, that is correct. I got but a few it. days before that was one in Texas. So I've got all of these things going on in my head. Um, <laughs> and what what I didn't want to do was another, you know, hope and prayers and we wish things go well. Um, we are, I, I most certainly do um, send my best to the families of those impacted um, and the rest of the country. This is not something that should be normal uh, but it has reached a point where it just happens and almost every time you open a microphone you're having to say you know something about that and uh, I think that's really sad um, I I can't listen to another politician saying you know you know hopes and prayers and that kinds of things so hopefully so maybe we will start to do something about it, take some action, because there hasn't been any action taken, period. Did anyone else want to you know, weigh in on that before we move on? Well, you're not going to get any action on it because we have a certain group of people up in the Senate that even though they're supposedly the minority, they got this thing called the filibuster and they can stop any law they want to, no matter who, who brings it up. Uh, Joe Biden has tried using, is trying to use his executive orders now to do what he can. But one state, Missouri, our home state, has decided with his politicians, they're going to pass laws now so that the administrative actions that Joe Biden takes won't have any effect. And it's sad. It's sad that these people want to kill everybody. They want to hurt everybody. They want to stop people from voting. And then they want to sit there and do nothing and just sit in the way. But that's where we're at now. Anyone else? All righty. So well, I think it's sad, like, you know, and but the truth of it is, is this is America. You know, we have to look at the history of this country, um, the people who founded it, 
their customs or traditions and it's just a continuation of uh, that culture is still uh, engraved in our society and now that these people that want guns everywhere they believe that everybody should have a gun they're uh ruling our judicial system our legislative legislative system so i don't really know what we can do you know um everybody i think the uh ratio of guns to people is like uh four guns to every person in this country now and that's just kind of ridiculous you know <laughs> did you want to uh, contribute uh on this trina you know, I was just thinking and I was having this conversation with my brother yesterday and it's just sad because just like, you know, you all are saying the guns and then you have people who are mentally disturbed um, that are able to get the guns. But then, you know, the last administration who kind of brought out all the craziness, people who now think, okay, I can do anything, I can say anything because this is what was happening in the White House. I think you know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs and me being a person who has uh, traveled internationally as, as recent as, what, 2019. And when I go places, people go, you know, how's America? How's, you know, they were asking about that last person and kind of shaking their head. I think it just kind of makes America look, um, it's, it's, it's pretty disheartening because we're like the laughing stock of other countries in, in the world. Okay, so um, hopefully, uh, well, we the intent here is to bring the spirits up, um, that we're going to have a positive outlook on the changes that we need to infl inf inflict or infect if affect in our country, and and Trina um, is doing her part to try to make that happen. Would I, would I be safe in assuming that? You are very safe in assuming that. <laughs> I try as, as much as possible to do my part to add positivity to this world. I, I don't think we need any more noise going on and negativity. So yes, I've tried to do my part. So you have, um, you have a book, which we'll talk a little bit about, uh, and you have a podcast, which we're also gonna talk a little bit about. Where I'd like to start is you are a public speaker for a living. I am. So tell me about that. Tell me how that got started and and how you're you know, how did you implement that? You know, give, give me the, the skinny on how to how it all began. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize this, but it started when I was in. I think graduated from middle school. I had my teacher, I was selected to give the keynote speak at speech at graduation um, in eighth grade. And it's funny because I was an introverted girl. I never smiled. And I think my teacher did that on purpose to help bring that out of me. And from there on, I just realized that that was something I liked doing. I was very comfortable. I did 30 years in the military and as an officer, that's what I have to do. I have to speak. So as years went on, I got better and better. And then I realized that that was, that was my gift. That was my thing. So when I retired, I started pursuing becoming a professional speaker, 
getting uh, coaching and doing that because, like I said, my 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 passion is speaking, but I want to add value. I want to be positive. I don't want to just use my voice just to hear myself talk. So that's how that started. And it's funny you mentioned it. I was just in Michigan last week um, speaking on a speaker's tour there. And it's, it's something I do. I, I love speaking. I love sharing my story. I love encouraging other people. And that's one, I guess that's my, my talent, my gift. That's where I feel at home is doing is speaking. So, so on your on your speaking, um, do you have a special process by which you prepare yourself to speak in front of a crowd, such as you know identifying who you're talking to and what what words you're going to use for that voice? I mean, I, after you've done it for a while, you know. But I mean, you know, what is that? So, someone who is um, young or uh, who's leaning towards public speaking, how would you um, guide them? You know, that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that because someone actually contacted me on LinkedIn, a young person, and asked me that. But I don't just speak anywhere all the time. I actually speak for things that I think that align with my values and what I want to do and how I want to show up in the world. But once I do that, I do, I, I see who I'm speaking to. So it's like, like we've all heard, know your audience. So you definitely have to know your audience. Um, what are they looking for? What are they expecting? What's the topic? What are they getting to learn? So I look at all of that and I try to see how I can best bring my experience and, and deliver so that they're impacted, convicted, whatever that may be. But I'm not just that person who goes up and just does a monotone speech. I like to actually um, give color to my speeches so that when someone's listening to me speak, they can visualize in their head. So it's more than just words being spoken. It is, oh, okay, you're taking me back to this time, and I I can visualize that in my head. And I think that's something that makes that makes the difference between just a speaker and a great speaker. But I, I do, I prepare, I prepare the, who am I talking to, what's my audience. Um, I've spoken to a couple of corporations this year. I, I look at that, what's the makeup. You, you have to do all of that, and especially like I've sp- spoken internationally and you have to think about the culture there as well. It's not just delivering a speech, it's okay, what is this culture? Is there something that I may say that may not fit with this culture? Is there a way that I need to dress and present myself? There's a whole plethora of things that you have to think about when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Do you have something, Warren? Yeah, I was just curious. So um, do you find it easier to speak to men or women or is it about any difference? I don't see a difference in it. I I, I enjoy speaking, so it, it doesn't really matter. And I've, And just by the nature of my life, I've always been... Um, the minority in the room as far as being a female, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think that there's a difference between one gender or the other. Do you get more feedback from uh, either? You know, it, the feedback is is about the same. You know, it's my toughest audience, and I, I'm going to have to tell you this is <laughs> teenagers. <laughs> That's been my toughest audience. 
I yeah. went in and I spoke to a school and several years back and the principal said, okay, these are our girls who are our trouble, our problem children. And I said, okay. And they wanted me to go in and talk about self-esteem and really presenting yourself and doing everything. And I got in and of course I got the mean mugs, I got the side eye, you know, they're sitting there looking at me like, who is this woman? And shortly after I got to speaking, they warmed up. Um, but they're they're tough. I mean, I think about my I have two teenagers and my daughter, sometimes I'll have her listening and she'll be like, and I'm like, wow, can, can you spare my feelings, please? <laughs> they, they don't care. So the toughest uh, audience are the are the children. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jeff, something you want to join in, Leonard? I'm uh I'm I'm having to agree with that to a point. I mean, I've got two teenagers at home, and my son is he's just wicked. <laughs> my daughter listens to me, but my son can be wicked. He can be wicked. And I'm just like, Ugh, what happened? Who who are these monsters that inhabited my beautiful angel's body? Where's my kids and what did you do with them? <laughs> yeah, they can be brutal. They don't they don't spare any punches. <laughs> so yeah. No, they don't. So you're um you mentioned you were in the military for 30 years. Um I'm guessing you didn't go in an officer? No, I didn't. I actually I went at the bottom, uh at E one and I worked my way up. I was enlisted. 14 years before I got my commission to become an officer. And so I did 14 years enlisted, 16 years as an officer. So I had a very, uh, very colorful career. I, I've learned a lot. So no, I did not go in as an officer. So, we so was the uh, Navy a lot different from the Army? Um, you know, it's funny you ask that because I started out my military career in the Army. So I did three mm -hmm. years in the Army and then I transitioned to the Navy. And mm -hmm. yes, there is a difference. <laughs> there is a difference. Um, so when I went into the army, my MOS was chemical specialist. So I was doing NBC, hmm. which of course the recruiter did not tell me that's exactly what it was. So when I got in and Desert Storm was going on and I was like, oh, okay. Um, this is quite <laughs> different than what I had in my mind thinking. Mm -hmm. um, then I went over to the Navy and just my thing was I didn't want to throw bombs and be worried about whether my skin was going to peel off and sleep mm -hmm. in tents. So in the Navy, I didn't have to sleep on in tents, but then there's other things that go along with that as well. So, but it is different. The, um, the Navy is very big on traditions and customs. So we have a lot of longstanding traditions and customs. We have 12 million uniforms. I think I've I got a closet full of uniforms and I tell people, I'm like, I'm not getting rid of those because I'm going to go somewhere and I'm going to dress up in these these uniforms that I've paid for. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still going to wear these. They're not going anywhere. Okay. Um, and I and each service has their dress uniform, but I think the Navy yeah. has like two or three times what everyone else has. Hmm. Did you do any sea duty? I was not a sea person. I was, oh, okay. I was a land person. But, I was a yeah. Marine. I, that's why I asked. I, I went on a couple of cruises and that was an experience. Yeah, we, we take you boys where you need to go. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <no. laughs> so experience with that when, uh, you know, you, you do everything on the ship because that's where you live. You eat, sleep, whatever. And 
you know, they take the Marines to uh, do their exercises. We dock, land. And so one particular um, training mission, I, I think I had did something. I screwed up. So they confined me to the ship. And that's what I found out. <laughs> you know, when when the when the Marines got off the ship, that's when they broke out the, the good food. <laughs> they <laughs> ate great. I mean, I was like, wow, <laughs> what a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because, yeah, you get it. And then I've been to certain bases. It depends on where you're at. So I've been to a base that had where the sub guys would come in or mm -hmm. where there were aviators, and they have very good food as well. So it's, it's, it's funny the different communities you can go to. And I was like, oh, so this uh -huh. is how the yep. sub guys live, and this is how aviators live. Those mm -hmm. guys get really good treatment. Yeah, it's like a different world. It is. <laughs> So one of our listeners says, thank you for your service. Fred, he's ex-military. Uh, he does want to know, do you teach? I do. So my my passion, aside from speaking, is leadership, of course. Um, and I do leadership coaching, and, and I all go in and teach. So, yeah, I, I, I do it all. <laughs> um, would you, would you, so I, I grew up, my, my dad's ex-military. Um, and the whole time I was growing up, boy, go to the military, make a man out of you. And then the <laughs> next time, oh, if you got to go in, go in with some stripes. You you can't go in without no stripes. So would you encourage somebody to um, use the military as a way into their career, their later life? Absolutely. I, you know, my son, who I don't know what he plans to do with his life at this point, but I told him, I was like, okay, military is a choice. And he breaks down crying every time I say that to him. He's like, I don't want to go. But I do. I think that, honestly, I think that everyone should do a few years in the military because it just, it puts that, that discipline in you and it gives you a different perspective. But if you are definitely a young person who's not sure what you want to do with your life or how you want mm -hmm. things to go, it's a, definitely a good career path for you. And once you get in, you may decide that you want to make a career out of it. Um, I personally never planned on making a career out of the military, which is very funny. Um, I never even wanted to go to the military. I went to college. I did one year in college. And by me being the person who was financing my own education after the first year, I said, well, I need to find a way to pay for my education. <laughs> and on campus, I saw people in ROTC and started talking to them. And they were saying, yeah, we're in ROTC, but we also do reserve duty and yada, yada, yada. So I ended up enlisting to help pay for school. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do four years, pay for my college, and I'm out. Well, you know, it ended yeah. up turning into 30 years. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything. It, it really, it brought out in me the person that I am today. So like I was saying, I was an introverted girl. I ended up having to work past that because as an officer, you can't be introverted. You can't be wishy-washy. You got to really stand firm on who you are and the things you say. And mm -hmm. that has really helped me today. And it helped, has helped me become the speaker and the business person that I am because I do have that confidence and I can convey that. So, so there has been the discussion <clears throat> that, because uh, I, I can't imagine 
anyone at 18 graduating high school really knows what they want to do. So there's been that discussion about um, requiring, you know, three years or four years of, of service to the country as either a volunteer or as, uh, it, you know, joining the military. So my guess is that you would support something like that. I would. Yep. I would. Um, like I said, it's just, it, it, it builds character. It gives you that discipline. And above anything else, you're going you're gonna to learn something. You're going to learn a profession. So whatever that profession may be. And then you have opportunities to go to college that's paid for, and you're traveling the world. I mean, what other place can you do that? Um, a lot of people here in, I'll just say in America, a lot of people haven't been out their own state. And, you know, it's, it's so much more in the world when you travel and you learn about other cultures and you learn about other people. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things that I think veterans bring when they do get out to the workforce is we have a different outlook and a perspective on life that most people don't have because we have traveled the world. We have immersed ourselves in different cultures and in the military, you are trained and, and molded to be a leader. Whereas when you get to corporate America, a lot of people think that, okay, I got this position. Now I'm a leader and that's not how that works. So it's a different perspective that the military gives you in. It defines your character in a way that I think nothing else does. Did you have a question, Leonard? No, I was just listening. Okay. Um, so, uh, Warren, did you were you did you have a question? No, no, not 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 okay, right now. Fair enough. Um, so, besides the things that you've shared with us currently about your military service, is there some other aspect of your military service that you've leaned on in your life after the military? Uh, that I've leaned on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just that type A person. And I think that's what the military creates is someone who, you know, is doing their best, always putting their best foot forward, trying to get things accomplished. And that's just, that's just how I approach life in general. So that type A, that type A, you know, calling yourself a type A person is, I think, more of a business term. So you are an entrepreneur. Is that not correct? I I am. And so I tell am. us yes. about your business. So my business is um, I have a technology consulting firm. And what I do is I work with small and medium-sized businesses to help them use secure communication technologies to stay in contact with their clients, customers, and employees. And this came about because COVID, as we all know, has thrust everyone into a way of doing business that we have never done before. Hence, mm-hmm. we're all sitting here talking in, in various locations. And the small and medium-sized businesses that don't have IT people or they, you know, they think, okay, I have a computer, I can get on the internet, I can use email. They think that's the extent of technology well is not and we all know about being hacked and how that works so I really wanted to take my expertise as far as I have a degree in computer science I used to program for major corporations I wanted to take that expertise and take it to the businesses to help them know what technologies they needed so that they could continue to communicate securely and 
maintain their, their profitability and productivity so that they could continue operating. Because if you're hacked or you lose someone's sensitive information, that can either take you down or totally destroy your business. So I'm trying to help those small and medium-sized businesses not get to that point. Okay. And so how long have you been in business? Um, so probably about two years. I've been doing different things on and off for years now, but this probably has been my main focus for about two years now. So did you get your, your technology expertise in the military or was that afterwards? Actually, that's what I originally went to college for. So I ended up getting my degree in computer science and I've done technology things in the military as well. But then in the private sector, I worked private sector as well for some some big corporations uh, programming their systems. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask what you did in the military. Was it more uh, technology oriented in it or more military? Well, as an enlisted, I started out in technology, and then when I became an officer, I ended up um, going into intelligence. So I was an intelligence officer. So with my civilian career in, in um, IT and then my military and in military intelligence, that's kind of why I like the secure communication technology. That's why that's my niche, because it's very important, and a lot of people don't realize how important it is to operate securely. I mean, even this, talking and, and doing... Um, video conferencing, doing it securely, that's mm-hmm. something that's very vital and important, especially if you're a business. So a lot of people don't look at it that way. And those are the things that I like to educate people on and help them get to that point. Sure, sure. Did you have a TS clearance? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I was so in from... communication, so I got up the secret. I didn't really need a TS, but, uh, you know. So, so yeah, from this? I, 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 yeah. I've had yeah, the TS. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so from this point, I'm going to, I'm going to kibosh the military talk. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding. I told you, I tell you, I tell a bad joke at some point during this, during this session. So that was it. Um, one of the, the items that was um, listed on your website is uh, you empower black women in technology. Is that correct? Yes. Talk to me about that. That's my mission, and it's um, girls of color. So by me spending decades in technology, I was often the only woman or woman of color in the room, and especially programming and working for, I'm not going to throw out any names, or working for some big corporations that everyone knows of. Mm -hmm. and today, in this you know, we're talking about 1990s forward, but today we're here, we are 2021, and women of color are still underrepresented in the technology field. They're underrepresented, they're, mm-hmm. you know, underpaid, which I experienced the same things. And it's my mission to be that face and that voice for girls of color. When I say girls of color, I mean black <coughs> girls, Latina girls. Um, Native American girls so that they can pursue these careers because, you know, let's face it, those careers are dominated by men, but white men. So a lot of times these girls, they don't think that they're smart enough to go into these fields or they say, well, I don't see anyone that looks like me. So that's not for me. Or they say, or, oh, well, you have a lot of math to do, or you have a lot of science to do. So that's not me. And I want to be that person saying, yeah, it is you. 
you can do that. And and we all seen the the movie Hidden Figures where we had the the black women working for NASA who were some of the major players behind the space shuttle. And that's what I want to do for technology. I want girls of color to pursue these careers because it's something that they can do. So um, combining that um, passion and acknowledging the difficulty of uh, dealing with teenagers, how do you best implement that in that situation? You know, that's, that's a great question. Well, you know, I, I do this, I, I, I hit it where it interests them. So instead of just saying, hey, you know, here's my excuse me, my teaching, I want to help you. I don't know any kids that don't want to make good money or, you know, live in a great house or do these things, travel the world and do things that Mm-hmm. They have never seen modeled for them. And so I, I, I approach it from that aspect saying, okay, you know what? This is a great career. This career can take you all around the world. You can make, you know, six <clears throat> figures doing this job, you know? And when you tell teenagers that they're going, oh, really? Um, <laughs> so that draws them in. And that's what I do. I'm like, okay, this is what you can do. You, you know, once you get their attention, they're there. Um, and it's funny because I mentioned earlier about speaking to a school of, of girls and once they warmed up and I started doing exactly this, telling them about myself and everything, the girls afterward, I had so many of them, it, it almost made me want to cry saying, wow, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I could go into technology. One girl, she wanted to go to the Marines. She said, I want to go to the Marines and I want to become a, a vet. She's like, but nobody in my family has ever done that. Nobody has ever told me I could do that. So a lot of times these girls, they have ambitions, but they don't have anyone that they've ever seen do that. And no one knows about it. So there's nobody to encourage them. So I want to be that person who says, okay, hey, look at me. I look like you. You can do this. I didn't come from a family of academics. You know, I came from a product of a single mother from inner city Chicago and she didn't go to college and it was just I I don't and honestly I don't know how at this time but I was just driven to succeed and do these things that I never had modeled for me even though I never had anyone to say okay this is what you should do and this is how you should do it I just kind of took that upon myself it was almost like a self-challenge for me and if I can help someone else today not have to go through all the little steps that I went through and help them do it easier, that's what I want to do. Sure, sure. Having that example uh, in front of you makes a big difference. It often makes it easier. My father was uh, in the military. Uh, He was in the Army. So um, I looked at him and what he had done, and that kind of inspired me to take that step. I wasn't really, I didn't have any family members that had gone to college, so I didn't have that example. And I wasn't really focused on it. But I did go to the military and I, I, I'm appreciative of the benefits and the things I learned. And then I came out and got had another career waiting on me. So it pretty much worked out. Right. Exactly. But that role model and example make make all the difference. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, how many, how many, if I, am I, how, so is your, um, 
company international as you are, or do you just do your speaking internationally and your company's companies national, or how, how does that work? All international, all international. Okay, mm. okay. <clears throat> okay, as a traveler, as, as an American um, that travels across uh, around the country, and you know, having had that experience, do you feel the pressure to reflect positively on America, or do you just do your thing while you're out in those places and you just uh, try to connect as best you can with uh, whoever you're working with? You know, I I just represent Trina, which the way I carry myself and, and my reputation isn't that going to demise or degrade me being an American as well. So I, I try to, first and foremost, I'm being true to myself and who I am because I have a brand that I'm representing. So I'm representing myself and my business first and foremost. But in that, I'm not going to do anything that someone is going to say, oh, you know, look at that stupid American. I'm not going to do that as well. But I always try to keep in my mind that I am representing myself. I am a business. I am a brand. But then, as I spoke earlier, I want to make sure that I connect with the people who I'm connecting with because wherever, I, you know, going to the UK is different than me going to Dubai. Mm-hmm. So those are things that you have to be aware of and who you're dealing with and how you need to deal with them. So I'm always um, aware of that. You know, my, my MBA is in international business. So I'm, I'm very big on the cultures and dealing with different people. Mm-hmm. So, so would you have pointers on how we can best live together as a multicultural society here in St. Louis or here in the United States. So you've had that experience of uh, uh, dealing with other cultures and uh, trying to achieve what you need to achieve in that culture, it being different than you're accustomed to. So how, how would those, how can those lessons be transferred to what we do here in the United States? Um, I think, for one, we're all humans. I think we need to start think of thinking of everyone as humanity. Um, and I think a lot of times in the United States, that doesn't convey. People are, you know, it's, oh, this person, that person, but we're all humans. And being understanding, and I think that's the main reason why we have the division that we have. People are not understanding. They don't, they don't take time to learn about other people and the things that comprise that person or that culture, it's okay, well, if I don't understand you, then I'm totally, I'm thrown off by you or I'm not gonna be tolerant of you. And that's not the way to think. So I think you have to open up your mind. You have to be understanding, you have to educate yourself. And whether or not we agree or not, or whether or not I like what you're saying or I like what you're doing, that's not for me. That's not for me to judge. but. When it comes down to the end of the day, we're all humans. And as long as we are respecting one another and given that level of respect, I think that's where tolerance should come in at. Uh, when you're traveling and you're doing your business internationally, 
Are you finding that people outside of the United States are listening to you more, paying more attention to you than the people in the United States? A lot of time I have found that. A lot of time I have found that I am more well-received in another country than I am in the United States, hmm. and which really totally blows my mind. Um, because, like I said, here we have so many – we have – people who don't want to understand other people, people who think that because I'm this race or that race or whatever, that I'm better than someone else. Whereas I find that a, a lot of, a lot of countries I've been to are very accepting. Um, and I don't have some of the issues that I have here in the States with going to other countries, which it's, it's very sad. It's very sad that I can go somewhere totally <clears throat> to a different country and not feel some of the things that I feel in the United States. I, I, I remember going to Latvia and Lithuania and it was funny because I looked around and I was like, wow, I think I'm the only black person in this country. But <laughs> I didn't feel that way. I didn't get <laughs> stares. I didn't get looks. I didn't get people crossing the other side of the street. I, I didn't feel it. You know, even though I noticed it, <clears throat> I wasn't made to feel that way. Whereas we all know that here in the States, you can go to a certain neighborhood in a certain city and you're like, okay, let me lock my doors and hurry up and get out yeah. of here because something bad is going to happen. So it's, um, again, it's just a matter of being educated and being accepting. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Anybody else? No. Okay. <clears throat> um, so you had mentioned that, um, In working with some of the larger corporations here in the in the United States, um, you tend to work on teams or work in, in environments where you're the only black person. Um, do you find that the companies, when they hire you, <clears throat> um, they're doing it more for a diversity pat on the back? Or are they really interested in integrating um, your technology, your services into their uh, environment well when i was actually in corporate and working i found that yes i was the only woman of color uh, many times in that environment um because and it's, and i'm not going to say because i was the only one qualified because of course there's other people qualified that just don't look um but in my yeah. business now i find that people are bringing me in because they they do want to make the change i think they've realized that okay we have overlooked mm -hmm. people of color and women especially. So let's bring someone in who can kind of get us started in the right direction. And I think just this whole year, I think has been a shift in many ways, you know, during the pandemic, everyone was locked in. So we had to see things that normally we wouldn't have seen um, that, a lot of like like us as a people we we've known that has been going on but until they actually saw that video of george floyd people's minds could not conceive what we right. had been saying for years so mm -hmm. i because of the fact that we were on lockdown and people were attentive to what was going on that it was put in their face okay so they had to see it so then 
that sparked change. And then now you have big corporations now that are changing the way they, they've done business and who they're doing business with and who they're deciding that they want to support or sponsor. So I think now people are making that change. So when they bring me in for technology or to speak, they're bringing me in because they're going, okay, here's someone that has the credentials of a different color who can mm-hmm. be that face. Whereas before they probably wouldn't, you know, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't, but I think now they're seeking that. They're seeking for that that diversity and that person who can bring a different color to their their culture, their working environment. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like uh, the more and more divided we get within the culture and in the society, uh, these big businesses and corporations are starting to see that, hey, you know, we got to decide uh, whether we want to be inclusive and included at the same time, because when they look at our numbers, they realize we do have an economic impact and our decisions matter uh, whether or not we want to support some of these corporations. So I think things are changing in that direction because you know the economic the economy is just the economy it doesn't matter where the dollars come from they need the dollars and if we represent a certain segment of those dollars then they definitely uh don't want to be excluded from that oh absolutely not and and you know they're in business to be in business and make money that's their goal so Mm -hmm. they can't exclude a people who is a is a very viable consumer for them so they have to decide that okay i have to change how we're doing business and then that's what i've been speaking on a lot of these corporations i'm like you can't tell me you can't hire someone of color that's qualified you don't know where they are or i can't find anyone yeah you can Mm -hmm. you're not looking Mm -hmm. you need to stop looking Mm -hmm. in the places that you used to look in and start actually really looking you can't go in and go like this and say oh well you know what i, I can't find a woman of color to be an executive that mm-hmm. you just can't tell me that there's nobody that's, qualified that's to do excuse. that yeah that's yeah. an excuse you can't tell me that because there's black women there's latino women there's native american women there's women of all colors that can be an executive but you're not looking for that mm-hmm. so and i think a lot of these corporations they're realizing that and they're realizing okay if i don't want to be that corporation that people are protesting against mm-hmm. or deciding to pull their dollars out because we all know what's the best way to get somebody's attention through their pocketbook, right? So when, when you vote yeah. with your, your purse and your feet, corporations feel that, you know, and I have left corporations, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm teaching my children that if I go in a place and I feel that I'm being ignored or when I'm like, I leave because I'm like, okay, I don't have to spend my money here. I work hard for my money. Right. And if you're not going to at least treat me with respect and acknowledge that I'm here, why mm-hmm. do why do I have to do this? You're not the only person in town. Exactly. Right. So, I, well, I, go ahead. Well, addressing her last comments, I I take the uh, Mitt Romney approach. I've got they get they had what did he say? They had binders full of women to choose from to get in his presidency. There's 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 literally binders full of whatever you want. There are African Americans, there are Latinos, there are 
all types of people with specialties to do whatever you want to do. So if you want to find it, you can. Oh yeah, and that's it's just, and it's that's just do you want to find it? Do you want to mm-hmm. find it? You can you can find whatever you're looking for. But if you want to keep you, those blinders on and keep a closed mind and say, oh, I can't, or you're mm-hmm. so committed into helping your buddy or your neighbor or whatever that case is, then no, you're not going to find it. But yeah, there's there's plenty of people qualified for whatever you're looking for, but you have to actually look for them. And you can't say, oh, I can't find them or that doesn't exist. That's an excuse. Right. So my concern about the whole um, pandemic issue, pandemic as far as, you know, now things have changed and now companies are, you know, looking at things differently and people are shut in. And so they're seeing it was always there what was happening. Uh, George Floyd wasn't the first. George Floyd probably even wasn't the most egregious. Um, it just so happened that it, it got blew up uh, by the media. And so everybody and, and everybody was locked in and just happened to be a, a perfect storm of things that happened that made it so um, impactful. And as you as you both have talked about, um, if they had wanted to make these changes, they could have made these changes years ago. Hollywood has been battered and and slammed against for not non-inclusive um, practices, for not creating stories by my, by um, marginalized people for marginalized people. So they knew this was all happening. They knew what they were doing. And what has always happened is when, when things blow up and they reached ahead and everybody's standing in the streets, um, you know, with pitchforks and screaming, you know, we want change. They will do enough to reduce the heat level and they'll go back to being who they were before because that's who they are. So my concern with this is, are we really getting change or are we getting heat reduction? That's a good question. You know, and I guess time will time will tell which one that we're going to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think with businesses, like I said, I think because um, their bottom line is at risk, I think they may continue on to do the things and support the causes that they have now come out to do. But it's like before all of this, it was, okay, well, that's not my issue. So they dismissed it or where that's not, you know, and my thing is with anything, anybody, we're not just talking about that just because you haven't experienced it. Doesn't mean that it didn't happen. And I think that's what people need to realize. You can't dismiss what I'm saying because that's not your story. And it goes back to, again, people understanding, people taking the, the, the look and saying that, okay, we're all humans. Your plight may not be my plight, but that does not negate your plight. It does not dismiss you. Um, and with these businesses, I don't know. I don't know whether they're doing this for a time or whether this will be something that will continue on. What I do know is with 
people like me and other people who are now vocal and on this, okay, you need to be diverse, you need to be included, and companies seeing that, okay, so for example, the last company I, I, I spoke at, I looked at their website and I pulled up their executive management. I didn't see, I saw one or two men of color. And when I say of color, I mean like um, from India, things like that. Didn't see, I saw one woman, she was not of color. And that's what I said. I was like, oh, okay. I, I've looked at your, your executive lineup. This is what I see. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, okay. So if I see this in your executive management. This is what your your line looks like. This is what your your base looks like. And they mm-hmm. had to admit it. So I think when you start pointing out things like this, like I pointed out for them, I think they'll start trying to be more conscious of, okay, mm-hmm. let's add more women. Let's add more people of color um, and start doing these things. Because I think now and with the millennials and the generations after, I don't think they're going to be settling for this anymore. At the millennials, they are very um, aware and very conscious of what they want, and mm-hmm. they're not—they're not going to be settling for okay, um, just hire me as the quota, and then you sit me aside because they're thinking, well, I can go make a career on YouTube and make millions of dollars. So why should I come to your office every day to sit and you want me to Xerox papers? Mm-hmm. So I think. There's a different generation and the millennials, the kids, you know, my teenagers and, and, and kids afterwards, I think they're going to really shift things in a way that we have never seen before. Yeah, for sure. I don't see the, um, the segregation nearly as much amongst the younger generation. Now they're, they're coming together. They're recognizing the sins of the past and they're saying, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to, we're going to unite and fight against the systems that have been causing all of these problems, the segregation, the discrimination. And I, I think we're headed toward the better future when we look at the uh, upcoming generation, for sure, as far as business and things like that. Well, you look at what was going on last summer, all the demonstrations, all the uh, Black Lives Matter, for the issues that Black Lives Matter was having, but they were out, like I was telling my son, they're out, they're fighting, they're keeping these issues up in the public conscious. Now we got to change this into voting. It's time to vote against some of these older folks that keep that, that keep voting things in like the Georgia law that just got voted in or that's voting in the Texas law that's trying to vote in the Arizona law that they trying to vote in. I mean, you got to just vote against some of those people and and they're trying to fix the electorate so that people can't vote against that. And that's what they're trying to do. But you know, you, you got, I think they did a good thing last year with, Growing the conscience to it now, you've got to follow that up with elective action, and especially what you saw in Minnesota this week. You know what 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 that policewoman did? They just tried to show, yeah, we know what y'all got going on, but we're going to show you 
who we are. And it's good that they took her and that they've arrested her and they're going to bring charges against her. And you know, there's you you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it and you gotta keep doing it till some of these officers are are going to jail. Till they're losing their careers, losing their pensions, and they're going to jail. Okay, so <clears throat> um so for we've got eight minutes left if we stick to the sixty minutes. Uh, we, we are obviously having such a great time talking with you. Um, so let's spend the last eight minutes talking about your book. Okay. So my book is titled From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve. And this book came out last year right at the start of the pandemic. And the book is about my journey through life. It's I give my perspective on some of the the hard times in my life and how I overcame them. So it's half memoir, half self-development, self-help, however you want to consider it. Um, But it's a very, very enlightening, very good read. And I did this because I had a very dark period in my life where I was going through the things of my past, having a verbally abusive mother that played on my self-esteem and my self-worth. And that just spiraled into how I showed up in life, especially relationships. But then I also ended up being this type A person. And it took me a long time to deal with that and get past that and some of the things. And I decided that I was going to write this book because I felt that there were people out there who were going through similar things and feeling helpless and hopeless and thinking, okay, well, I've made so many bad decisions and mistakes in my past that I can't get past them and go forward. And I wanted them to know that, yes, you can, regardless of what those mistakes may have been in your life, you can. So when you go out and purchase the book, you can purchase this book from Amazon, anywhere books are sold. If you go to my website, fromamesstoamazing.com, you can download the workbook for free. It goes hand in hand with the book. And so I was going to ask you to, to provide your contact information uh, if someone wanted to, if they had questions, you know, beyond what we've tried to accomplish today. Um, so if you could, if you wanted to give other contact information, or website. So or- my, my website is trinalmartin.com. You can email me at nextlevel at trinalmartin.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn and you can DM me there. And that's a way to get immediate response. So now, do you keep uh, a calendar online of when you speak? I don't know how often you um, have I do have patients. a calendar, so it I don't um, publicize it, but if someone wants to get in contact with me for coaching or whatever your needs are, I can work it out and we can send calendar links and so that we can see where I have availability. Okay, okay. Um, okay. So do you have a, a team helping you publish your podcast? Or are you doing that all yourself? Well, <laughs> I do it myself. <laughs> I do need some help, though. I need some help, people. Uh, I do have a, a video edit- editor that I've actually just brought on board to help me with that because I've started doing um, video as well as the audio portion of my podcast. But 
for the most part, I'm doing it all myself. So yeah, I'll be doing a lot of that this weekend too. <laughs> I know that's a lot of work. It is. Yes. And I, I need to hire somebody and turn that over because I got other things I need to focus on. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that's keeping you busy. Yes. So how do you unwind? Um, I have wine. <laughs> <laughs> winds down <laughs> she literally winds down yeah, yeah. yeah I, I i like wine um i you know what i'm actually uh i'm an introvert at heart so i speak i love speaking i work hard to be this extrovert but it actually exhausts me if people really don't know this it, it, it's very exhausting to me so yeah. at the end of the day I like just coming home and relaxing, um, not doing any, having wine, sitting, you know, relaxing on the couch, talking to my kids. Um, that's really it. I'm not a, I'm not a big be out in a crowd person. Of course we can't now, but, um, yeah, just with traveling, speaking and, and doing the things I do, it's, I love it, but it, like I said, for an introvert is very exhausting. So me coming mm-hmm. home and just being at home, I love it mm-hmm. at home and, with wine and that's the, that's my thing and how many kids you say you had i have two i have a girl and a boy 16 and 14. Okay. Um, this is the girl is the 16 year old and um after this we're going driving so pray for me um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah we're going driving so that's our our weekend so every weekend we're we're driving and I'm white knuckling it the whole way. I'm like, <laughs> Get in there. Don't do that. No. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, I, I've got twin 13 year olds. They turn 14 next month. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's a challenge. Yes, a challenge. I know. I know. Like but to see them grow up, j- just to see them grow up, to see them become more mature. To see him get smarter, to see him just learning how to reason and see things out, that's just fantastic. No, it is, you know, it's so amazing. <laughs> you know, and it, becoming a parent, it was, I, I became a parent late in life, but seeing mm-hmm. them and, and it's like, I look at them and I'm like, oh my God, where did time go? Because I took my kids on a cruise in 2017 and, you know, I was still tall. Now, <laughs> now my son is like approaching six feet tall and, and my daughter, she's, she always reminds me how she's a half inch taller than me. So she's very proud of that. Um, but my son is like, I'm actually looking up, talking to him now and I'm going, wow, where, where did time go? But they're funny, you know, just talking to them. Yeah. And their, their own identities and their own thought processes and, and I mm-hmm. listen to him talk. I just, I just laugh and smart. It's just, it's just joy. It is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm just trying, Go ahead. Just trying to enjoy them these last few years. Cause once it's passed and they're gone, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. My daughter has already told me she wants to go to New York for college. So yeah, I, oh. I need to get a lot of speaking engagements. I have reached the I have reached the end of my questions. Unless if someone else has a questions, I'm gonna give um Trina the last word. Oh. So I have Go the ahead. last word. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, 
What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> the secrets to your success. So I know if we get the book, <clears throat> I know if we get the book. So so we, I know if we get the book, it's going to give us information to make better decisions. Um, what other advice would you offer um, people, uh, keeping in mind the audience is 18 plus, for, for success, for personal success and professional success? If I had to go back and talk to my 20-year-old self, I would tell myself to be true. Be true to who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't chase money. Don't chase material things. Be true to yourself. Find out what your passions are, what your talents are. But at the end of the day, you want to be true to yourself. Know your worth. Know that whatever it is that you're trying to pursue, that you can do that. And, and be a constant learner. You're not going to be at a point where you're like, okay, I know everything. I've learned everything. I've arrived. You always have to be a constant learner. So always be looking for that next opportunity to make yourself better. Always be looking for something to learn, some way to grow in the midst of being true to yourself. But the money is not the end all to be all. And I know that's easier said to done. I know when, when I was 20, I was thinking about the career, the money and all of that. But at the yeah. end of the day, that's really not it. So just always be looking to improve yourself and be true to yourself. I want to thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. I'm going to ask you to hold on for a moment and we will close the show. Uh, and then I got a, a couple of things and then we will be back. <clears throat> we will be back next Friday. Um, so make sure you tune in and join us on Altitude Adjustment. Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, the Lions Den com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.